Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I am Blake Harrison and joining me as ever, sipping from the cup of life over there, uh, Stu Whiffin. How you doing, mate? I'm all right. Well, it's, it's quite early, isn't it? It's, uh, it's 10 o'clock on a, on, a, on a Monday morning, just um, mainlining some coffee, <clears throat> getting everything going. I'm an old man now, mate. I don't just fly out of bed. You look like you've already been for a run. Uh, no, no, but I have taken the kids to school and we've, uh, oh, so we, I did tell you this, we had, um, well, not we, I was at work yesterday, um, and, uh, my wife went to see her sister at her mum and dad's. And, you, sorry, you uh, say, you say you was at work. Yeah. You, you weren't like down a coal mine, was you? You was, you was just oh, kind of sort of, oh, you know, just swanning around on a set, you know? Well, not even that, mate. I was at dance rehearsals. <laughs> <laughs> There we I, go. I can't tell you what I'm doing. I can tell you it's definitely not Strictly because the amount of people I've said, oh, I'm doing this thing, but it's got dance in it. They're like, oh, my God, you're doing Strictly. I'm like, no, I'm not doing fucking Strictly because there is not an actor alive out there that's got on Strictly and then had a good career afterwards. So yeah. I'm not going on Strictly. If, if you see, <laughs> Just as a caveat now, if you ever see me on Strictly or I'm a celebrity get out of here or whatever they're called, any of that stuff, you can then know, oh, Blake hasn't worked for at least 18 months. Like, that's when <laughs> right. I will be doing those shows. So far... Is that the threshold? That's the threshold. If, if the work dries up for a good 18 months, then I'm like, okay, I have to do those things. But uh, so far, touch wood, it's not come to that. But I am doing, good. I think, actually a really cool project, which I can't talk about for Sky, where the characters in it are doing a lot of dancing. So I'm doing a lot of dancing mm. rehearsals. But anyway, that's not the point of the story. Um... My wife uh, broke down with the kids on the M25. Absolute shocker. Um, so, yeah, so they had to wait on the side of the M25 for like an hour for a guy to pick them up and all that kind of stuff. So today we had to take the car to the garage, all that kind of stuff. Uh, he's priced it all up, a few hundred quid's worth of stuff, and I'm there like, is, is it worth it? Do we have to just get a new car? Because by the end of it, you're just like, I've spent so much on this bloody car over the last year or two. Like, we've had it yeah. for about seven years or whatever this car yeah. he's just like oh is it gonna be time to get a new one soon how, how are you in them situations <clears throat> because we've been around lots of fighters we've interviewed lots of fighters and and they've generally nowhere near as intimidating as you may presume they may well be when you see you know when you see them in action 
Talk me about when you take the uh, the car to the garage. Uh, how do you deal with that? Because it doesn't like I become like Danny Dyer times ten in them scenarios. I've absolutely no idea why, but like I'll f and Jeff more than I ever do. Like, what's uh, what's the score with it then, bruv? And he's like, I've never called anyone bruv, and like I just become uber geezer when I'm around. Real men. <laughs> but is that like a kind of thing of like, the more laddish I am here, the less they'll think, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing and take advantage of me and like add an extra 200 quid to the price or something? I think they must be so switched on to to people going in there and trying to be turbo geezer that they just think they're the ones that are actually on the back foot. Let's pull their pants down. Oh, like, really? Yeah, see, I'm I, not sure. I, How are you in that situation? Oh, I'm, 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 I'm probably too honest. I'm there, like I'm like, there you go, mate. I, I mean, <clears throat> to be honest, mate, I don't even know how to lift the bonnet. So uh, you know, mm. what, 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 what's going on with this? What's that? I don't know what that is. Mm. Oh, I've, asked, oh, I've got to fill that up. The water thing. Oh, I've got to fill it. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know that. I didn't know. That. So I'm, oh, yeah, I'm just probably too honest. And they're like, this guy's a moron. He has no mm. idea what he's doing. Let's rinse him. Um, so yeah, can I let you into a secret? Please do. We're the only ones a- here, right? No one else is listening. Oh yeah, good point. Uh, I'm a qualified mechanic. No, for fuck's sake, Stu. <laughs> I, uh- said, you know, I just need to say this. I was chatting to some people the other day, and I, and you came up in conversation, and I, I was just like, oh, I've got this mate who like every time I speak to him, and I've known him for like over a year now. Uh, every time I speak to him he'll drop something in this, this big thing where I'm like, I didn't know that. Like, stuff about, like, for either fostering kids or, like, whatever yeah. else you're doing. Like, and just, like, I, I'll know you for, like, the best part of a year and then you'll just drop some kind of nugget of yeah. something that you've done in your life or whatever that I'm like, that's <laughs> mental. I would never think to ever do that. But you're a qualified <clears throat> mechanic on top of everything. I, ha- I have a city and guilds uh, in motor vehicle studies. Uh, when I was at college, I, I went to college and, and it was when I was 16 and my dad was like, get a trade. And he was a mechanic. So I thought, oh, I'll become a, I was never going to be a mechanic. And and honestly, if you lift the bonnet, I could probably top some water up, but that's it. Like I have got a certificate. My brother-in-law's a mechanic. It absolutely cracks him up every time like anything goes wrong with my car because he will literally just go, all right, do you want me to have a look? Go and get Carol's toolbox because like, Obviously, he doesn't even entertain the fact that I've got a toolbox. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, but on paper, it's really weird because like years ago, we we we, we toyed with um, living in Australia, and you have to have points to to get citizenship or or, or to get um, the, the the visas or whatever it is to live there. And the one thing that would have got us into that country was the fact that I was a qualified mechanic. Uh, I've never done anything. Uh, as soon as I left college, I was like, just got into kind of bands and being a Wally. And I was never in a million years ever going to work in a in a garage. But uh, but yeah, on paper. But I'm, I'm still, which makes even less sense why I'm so intimidated in them scenarios. If tradesmen come around my ass, I'm the same. Like if they come in just to like, if a plumber comes in, like I'll literally be sitting there having a conversation with you. And the minute I walk through the door, I'm like, Oh, right, how you going? Goes, you all right? Do you want a do you want a cup of coffee? Do you want a beer? Fuck it, have a beer. And it's like, <laughs> why am I why am I talking like this? <laughs> yeah, no, I am I'm useless. Absolutely useless. That I I've just embraced the fact that I'm useless now. So yeah. I just whatever, mate. But how much? 
Yeah, the price of the house to fix the toilet. Sure, mate. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, sounds about right to me. I can't question it. Oh, dear. Right. Well, we're here to talk uh, about all things UFC 274 that took place on Saturday evening, Sunday morning. Oh, my giddy gold. It was, uh, it was a roller coaster of absolute fireworks and, well, a- absolute fireworks that didn't really work uh it was odd but there's so much to talk about and before we we're going to start from the top right yeah let's start with the main event before we even got to the main event there was all sorts of all sorts of madness at the wayne so should we start there yeah so much drama so i also on saturday morning i did the ufc invited me to do a ufc oh fight god, day god, god, god of course yeah no it was it was fun I, i'd done one on zoom a, uh, a long time ago now i think uh but this was that they had a little studio there and they had some fun stuff and it was me and john gooden and um balian who does all the 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 ufc four tips and all that kind of stuff computer game stuff but he really knows his stuff. He really knows what he's talking about. He works with the guys at MMA on point as well. Um, and um, like we were just there, like going to go through the cards and everything. But um, the night before is when all the weight stuff happened. And I had kind of like had a chat with the producer and knew kind of what we were talking about. And it just, it was a really fun little insight into that world where you're about to do a show. They've been prepping this show. John Gooden knows what he's doing. He's got his little intros and outros to different sections, probably. All that kind of stuff. Got it all written down and and mapped out how they're going to time the show. And then, like, 12 hours before a record, not to mention that, you know, you do need to sleep as well, but 12 hours before a record, something comes in that just throws everything up in the air. The script goes out the window, and you've got to go, oh, God, we've now got to talk about this, and this is far from and wide the most important thing and obviously i'm talking about the charles Oliveira weight miss um so it was just really interesting to to to, to see all that happening and then after going in the morning and, and 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 talk about it all but it was it was good fun but in terms of uh the weight miss it it was strange because so there's there's different facets to it in that, that there's some people saying that there was something wrong with the scales some people mm. in the but there was something with the scales in the back weren't calibrated properly with the scales in the front. A couple of fighters came out and said, oh, the the, the hotel scales were wrong. I came down 0.5 or, or two pounds even, I think Norma Dumont said, over the uh, uh, weight that it told me upstairs in the hotel room or, or whatever it was. Um, But I personally i'm being a bit of a skeptical blake here and i don't i don't buy that excuse massively from charles Oliveira because four people had to make championship weight three of them did only charles Oliveira didn't make it also you know of i think there was maybe one other person on the whole card that missed weight i'm not exactly sure but i think it's just one other person on the whole card that missed weight so Everyone else, as much as, yes, there's a pound allowance when it's not a title fight, but they still could have come in overweight, but they didn't. They still came in on 156 or 126 or, you know, whatever that weight was, 171. Um, So I'm not buying this whole, it's because of the scales that Charles Oliveira was overweight. Let's not mention, let's um, not forget as well, Charles has had issues with the scale, granted, at 145. Mm Mm-hmm. Now at 155, I don't think he's had any real issues with the scales until now. But um, 
sort of lost my train of thought here. But I don't know. What 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 did you do? You, do you think the scales thing is is a valid excuse from what we've heard so far? Just on the ratio of every other fighter weighed in at the weight they thought they were going to weigh in at, and I don't think he's got any excuse whatsoever. He's the champ. Like he should be on weight. Like we know that making weight can be really difficult for a lot of fighters, but that's part of the process. That's part of the fight. You know, you've got to make sure that you're right on the scales because it's got to be a fair fight. After after you've weighed in, obviously you go and do whatever you got to do to fight as comfortably as you can. But no excuses. Like um, and it and it it's. I mean, don't get me wrong. We'll get on to the fight, but it's it spoke so much of it. Like I, knowing that yeah. it, it 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 just meant that it was it it wasn't necessarily a championship fight. Yes, it was for Gaethje, but and and when I first heard he missed weight, like I wasn't sure what the deal was. I was like, is he is he stripped? Like, does he retain his title? But like, are they going to fight? And I, I don't know. I, I didn't know what the the, the process was going to be at first um, because we lots of people have been throwing in. Lots of kind of previous situations like this for other big named fighters that have missed weight, and I think Khabib did. Am I right? Um, did Khabib miss weight once, and it was kind of sort of it didn't have any implications. I might be wrong now. The, the, what, well, what there is with Khabib that people have been talking about is if you go back to I think his fight with Justin Gaethje, which was in Abu Dhabi, Khabib has some issues with the scales. But then he steps on either like a second time or something like that after going away to make and weight. Then, and then the, steps the guy back, yeah. immediately just slams yeah. the thing to side. He's like, yeah, 155. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no problem. Yeah, it's like the it. scale's still moving, mate. You know he didn't make 155. Yeah. So we all know that. There's the Daniel Cormier touching the towel thing, which yeah. he still disputes to this day. Um, so there are instances. and But you can't blame the commission. You can't blame like the guy who is doing his job properly. Because it's the guy in uh, Abu Dhabi or wherever that fight took place that slams the thing to the side when it's still moving and goes, oh, we are 155, that's fine. You're like, well, you're the one that's causing the problem. The conspiracy theorist in you would go, has um, someone had a little word with him and said, God, just, just yeah. slam it. To, it is a few hundred quid. Just just, just slam it to the side. He's fine. He's only a pound over. Don't worry about it. Just slam it to the side. 155 is a few hundred quid. Um, but, uh, but who knows? Um but the other thing was was that Oliveira turned up for the weigh-in last. And that makes you think that there's an issue there as well. It's like, why are you coming in so late? Because, I mean, you, you want to rehydrate. You want to you wanna get back to normal as quick as possible. Those couple of hours between like 9 and 11 or whatever it is, that's time for you to rehydrate. Get in early and do it. Oliveira came down like right at the end. And then was doing this kind of face of like, what? I was on weight earlier. And then he kept referencing in interviews, I was on weight Thursday night in the hotel room. I was on weight Thursday night. Yeah, but you don't have to weigh in on Thursday night, mate. You have to weigh in on Friday morning. So it, it, it doesn't, you can take as many photos of the scales or whatever it is that you want nine yeah. hours before you're supposed to do it. If on the time that's allocated that you have to be on weight, you're not on weight, that's a problem. Totally. So... And when you're coming out with excuses like that, it just, I don't know, it just clouds it. I, I think he missed weight. I'm sure he did his best. He's got down to just a 0.5 over the weight. It's, it feels like nothing, really. But 
Those are the rules, the rule. mate. That's the rules. That's the rules. You sign the contract. You know what you have to do to go away and have another hour to cut the weight as well and come back the same weight. That sounds seems true. I know that there are situations out there where fighters sweat so much that they just stop sweating. So then you go and sit in a sauna and nothing's coming out of you. You're not losing any more water. You're so dehydrated. And obviously, I'll be one of the first to say, I'm not a fan of weight cuts. I think weight mm. cuts are terrible. I think it, it affects people's durability. I mean, we saw that with the Paolo Costa-Vittori fight when they fought at 205, which was wrong. Paolo Costa shouldn't have done that. It was a whole big thing. But I think those two were landing strikes on each other that had they both weighed in at 185, one of them would have been knocked out. Because... 100%. The, the, the dehydration that you would have suffered, you, your durability fades, you know. So I'm not a fan of weight cuts, but if that's what you've signed up to do, you have to do it. And to go away and come back after an hour the same weight. And mm. I've heard conflicting things about this. When I saw him on the scales after that hour, he didn't look that hard up to me. Like... Mm. Uh, this is horrible maybe to say for someone that's never done a weight cut. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that say, I don't know what I'm talking about. Guess what? You're probably right. But I think we've seen people hit those scales when they're struggling and look terrible. And I don't want to see that for these athletes. I'm not a fan of the weight cuts at all. But Look at look at Connor against Mendes. Like when Connor got on them scales against Mendes. Oh my God. But even Cerrone. The, the other night yep. it looked terrible. I mean, he ended up getting food poisoning. That wasn't a mm. weight cut related issue. He got food poisoning at some taco place, apparently. Um, that's another thing. Watch where you're going for food the night before the fight, guys. Don't go to yeah, some dodgy taco odd. place. Like, eat in the hotel or something like that, you know? Mm. Don't, don't, don't just, like, oh, I'm just going to pop down the road to get some tacos out of a van. Um, surely you'd have a, like, surely Cerrone must have a dietitian. Like, surely he must have somebody. But I suppose like, after the weight cut, you're like, I'll eat what I want. I just I just want to replenish as much food as possible and just I eat everything. That. Not a Taco Bell. No. <laughs> Granted, we don't know if it was Taco Bell. It could be any other Taco establishment before Taco Bell starts suing us for slandering their, their good name. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you're right. It's weird. But anyway, we, we digress. Well, we were on to, we were on Oliveira. I think we've seen people get on those scales and be look far worse than what he yeah. did after, which makes me wonder what happened. Now he didn't look like he'd been turning himself inside out for that hour. He didn't, did he? Now maybe he did, and he maybe he did do that. He's got a great poker face. There was weight issue problems, and he couldn't do anything about it. Maybe that's the case. But looking at him, I was like, "Have you really done your best to get that half pound off you in this hour? Have you really?" And I don't, we'll never know. We will never, mm. ever know the truth of that situation. Um, only his team but, knows that. But I mean, it cost him heavily. <laughs> Jeez, let's talk about what it cost him quickly. Because I said this on the fight day focus thing as well. So, so it's cost him his title. But I mean, what's a, what's the title? We all know he's the best lightweight on the planet at the moment. Makachev might have something to say about that. But we all know. Whether he's got a belt wrapped around his waist or not is irrelevant. Any, we all know. So the belt is ceremonial. It's symbolic. But you've lost it. But with that belt, he's now lost 30% of his purse to Gaethje. He's now lost... Um, uh, was it... At his next fight, he won't be the champion. So he won't get the pay-per-view points against a Makachev or a Dariush. That's huge amounts of money lost. 
Uh, I think as a champion, your contract is slightly enhanced. So that's money lost. Charles Oliveira, 100% would have got a bonus last night. Mm. But you're not eligible for bonuses if you've missed weight. So there's that as well. Easily, he has lost, what, a quarter of a million? Probably much more, actually. <coughs> probably He's probably lost way more than a quarter of a million dollars because of half a pound. Surely sponsorship deals have got to be far more lucrative if you've got that belt around your waist. Pictures with the belt, that means a lot. And yeah, I mean, again, we all know he's the best. I'm sure he's still as sponsors. Sponsors will stick by him. You know, they're not going to drop him over this or anything like that. It's nothing crazy going on with that. But obviously, is it? Can he now have photos on the on a cereal box or a, a you know Toyota Toyota tires or whatever? Whoever it is that's um, a sponsor in the UFC and all that, can he have a photo with the belt over the next six months? Probably not. It, that doesn't mean as much, does it? So, yeah, he's he's lost an awful lot. And mm. yeah, but <clears throat> moving on from that into the actual fight, what a crazy fight! And what a, <laughs> yeah. what what a shame because Jesus, he is his his title fights are lighting the world on fire. His mm. title fights are incredible, and. Constant narratives. Even Justin Gaethje saying it again. Oh, I think he's a coward. I'm going to break him. All this stuff's like, mate. It, it, no one is showing constant ability to come back in title fights like Charles Oliveira at the moment. Yeah, he's lost the first round. Uh, he lost the first round and was nearly finished in the Chandler fight. He lost yeah. the first round of the Poirier fight, and now in the Gaethje fight, first round, he was knocked down twice. And come back yeah. and got the win. Madness. Gaethje hit so hard he knocked himself down in that round as well. <laughs> like... that was, what, what he got clipped early, didn't he? That was the surprising thing. Is that yeah. Oliveira hit Gaethje with you know a decent strike, but it didn't look like at first view it didn't look like some incredible mm. powerful strike. It just kind of caught him, and Gaethje mm. was on wobbly legs very very quickly. And you're like, mm. oh. And from that point, I think Gaethje, Gaethje was either trying to get that one back or he was going, shit, I'm on wobbly leg, so I just need to go all out here because Gaethje lost all composure. All he went composure. old school Gaethje, didn't he? He went old school. The one thing he did do that I thought could be a really huge factor in the fight and what I was thinking before the fight was something that, that I've not seen enough people do against Oliveira is not go to the ground with him at all. Mm. And when he knocked him down and didn't follow him down like Chandler did, and I think uh, Poirier sort of did once or twice as well, to, when he knocked him down and just immediately went, get him up, I was like, mm. yes, Gate, that's the plan. That's what mm. you have to You can't follow him down there. You have to just knock him down, get him up, knock him down, get him And he did it twice. And both times he just said, get back up. And I thought, yeah, that's how you're going to win this because you're not going into mm. his world at all. And then he got clipped again. And and sent down. And I mean, I'm almost wondering, looking back on it, particularly that second one, that second knockdown that Gaethje did to Oliveira. Mm. Oliveira got caught and it was sort of like a delayed reaction. And then it he sort was. of fell backwards. And I'm almost wondering to myself, is Oliveira doing that slightly on purpose? Is he sort of playing possum a little bit? Is he getting hit? Obviously hard and he's rattled. But whenever he's rattled... Where most fighters would go, I'm rattled, but I need to stay on my feet and keep my composure. Does Oliveira go, I'm rattled, but I'll just fall on my butt? Because if you follow me down there, that's my world. 
So yeah. I, I want you there anyway. So it, whether I that's a risky game to play, Blake, because that's play, a knockdown. <laughs> it is a risky game to play, but I mean, maybe it's working out. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when Oliveira it did go to the ground, rear naked choke, job done. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I start to wonder. I know Gaethje's got great wrestling, particularly defensively in terms of avoiding takedowns and stuff like that. But I'm starting to wonder about Gaethje and his jiu-jitsu and, and stuff like that because, I mean, I know that, you know, Oliveira, one of the best. Khabib's one of the best. So maybe I'm being unfair, but, yeah, I don't know. He, he, he doesn't look very comfortable in the jiu-jitsu exchanges to me. It'd be interesting to see. In fight, maybe a, well, le- a lesser jiu-jitsu guy, but be put in those situations. Yeah, I mean, you, obviously, there's got to be an element of. Obviously, as he kept trying to stand him up, he doesn't want to go there because it's Oliveira or it's Khabib. You do not want to be rolling around the floor with these people because, you know, much the same as a lot of these fighters don't want to stand and throw bombs with Justin Gaethje because that's what he's so good at. And, and, and obviously, we didn't really get to see the the leg kicks kind of do any real damage in this fight because... Yeah, go on, carry on. What, go on. Why, why did the leg kicks not do any damage? Because this amazed me. Why do you think the leg kicks didn't do any damage? Tell me. Because Oliveira was scouting them so well. Mm. Uh, uh, like, Oliveira's got that Muay Thai stance and it's so brilliant because you don't see it enough in MMA because everyone's worried about the takedowns. We spoke to Liam Harrison about this. Liam mm. Harrison was talking about how, you know, like, in MMA, you know... You don't do the Muay Thai stance. You don't check leg kicks the way you do in Muay Thai because the way that MMA guys throw leg kicks, if they do that against a Muay Thai guy, they're just going to get checked and their their legs are going to get mashed up. Whereas in MMA, you have to have that lower center of gravity. You have to be ready to to stuff the takedowns. Oliveira welcomes takedowns. So he's now Mm. going, I'm going to fight really tall, full Muay Thai style. If you take me down, I don't care. That's what I want. But he was able to have like hardly any weight on his front leg. And I was watching it going, loads of the leg kicks that Justin is throwing, Oliveira is just getting his leg out of the way, just lifting his leg. And Justin Gaethje was like off balance a lot because he was throwing everything into these leg kicks and missing like 70% of the time. He was just completely missing on these leg kicks and it left him wide open to counter strikes and everything as well. I thought Oliveira and, and the shooter box team did... Such an incredible job of preparing for Gaethje's leg kicks. I don't think we've seen anyone deal with Gaethje's leg kicks as well as Oliveira did in this fight mm. because they were just swinging and missing a lot of the time. Yeah, it was a tough night for Trevor Whitman, and we'll we'll get on to to his corner in I guess in the next fight. Um, yeah, I mean, so where does where does this leave the division now? I mean, is is Oliveira going to get the, the, the title shot? He's got to, yeah. right? Or, Dana, or Dana has said Oliveira's the number one contender. He's involved in the next title fight. I think there's no point not having him involved because we all know that Oliveira is, you know, you can make arguments for Makachev, sure. But Oliveira should, you know, weight miss aside. He's beaten Chandler, Poirier and Gaethje back to back to back. Done it in amazing, exciting fashion as well. Before that, he beat Tony Ferguson. It, it, this is the guy. This, this is, you know, he's the best lightweight on the planet as it stands until he fights Makachev and we see what happens there. Why, why Makachev? Well, look. Why I, not Darius? Well, 
it, I, I would like it to be Darius. I'd like to see mm. Darius fight Makachev and get a win just because everyone is so hyped on Makachev. I don't and, think Makachev's earned that shot. I think he needs to fight a Darius. Uh, I, to earn that shot. I agree with you. Did you hear about the exchange between Joe Rogan and Dana White? No. Apparently, Dana White's going to the press conference and Joe Rogan pulls him aside and he goes, don't make the Darius makachev fight. Don't, please don't do it. Just do makachev Oliveira." Why? Well, I suppose they're saying Makachev is a bigger name and a bigger star, particularly... Uh, in like Abu Dhabi and places like that, where they're thinking of having a card in October, the 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 root the kind of noise that we're hearing at the moment is there's a card in on like you know Fight Island or Abu Dhabi or whatever it is mm. in October, and Makachev will be on that card. Obviously, Dana has mentioned doing Makachev Darius. I would love to see it, and I'd be happy to see that fight happen. Mm. And I, I think that's the right fight to make. But definitely, a lot of people are saying, "Ah, just just do Makachev Oliveira." And depending on what the UFC's situation is with Abu Dhabi, because I think they do things like promise them X amount of title fights and all that kind of stuff. Maybe that does make sense. I'd feel really sorry for Darius if that happens. But then, having said that, after the Bobby Green fight. Makachev was being told, you're the guy. You're, you're fighting for the belt next after Gaethje. It's, it's Makachev after the Bobby Green fight. The only thing that got in the way was RDA's opponent dropped out in a fight. And Makachev was giving it large like he'd fight RDA right. two weeks later. And then when that fight was trying to be made and Makachev said, oh, actually, no. Dana White was like, oh, no. Yeah, well, well, you're not fighting for the belt then. Like, you, you can't. Give it large on Twitter. Say you'll do these things, and then back out of it when you 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 publicly said you would do it, and then you're like, "Oh no, actually, no, I'm not going to do that." Mm. So that's Dana White was saying previously, Makachev's the guy, mm. and now after the the thing that happened with the um, the RDA chat and all that, that's when he's taken that title shot away from him. So in a way, you could feel slightly sorry for Makachev, but. I, I would like to see Makachev versus Darius. I think that's the right fight to make. Um, Definitely. But uh, Definitely. but I wouldn't be surprised at all if they do Makachev versus Oliveira next. But I'd feel sorry for Darius. But that that could happen. But the other guy that's popping up, which and I don't understand this logic at all. Since um, Oliveira's weight miss, um, there was loads of memes and stuff all over Twitter about how excited Dana White is because now that Oliveira's missed weight, he can justify putting Connor into a vacant title fight. Oh, I don't... What, why? What, why has that made any difference? Because you know one of the guys has got to be Oliveira. So why does Connor now leapfrog Makachev or Dariush just because Oliveira missed the weight and is not the current champion but is fighting for a vacant belt? I don't understand. Mm. I mean, but the one thing that fighters keep doing, we'll talk about Chandler saying it, but Oliveira said it as well. They're bringing up Connor's name because they want that big payday. So, you know, these... Yeah, and, and it's an easy fight. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, one thing I would say is Oliveira gets hit in every single fight he has. Has McGregor's power translated from 145 to 155? I don't know that it has. But I do. I can definitely see McGregor landing a 
big left hand on Oliveira. But I can see Oliveira taking it, falling to the ground, getting back up, whatever, and then really putting it on McGregor because Oliveira's pressure style, forward pressure style, I think would cause McGregor all sorts of problems in his cardio and everything else. And yeah, I think that'd be a big issue for for Conor. So I I don't want to see that fight at all. I'd rather see Conor come back and fight some other people we'll mention later. Um, but yeah, I think the, the smart thing to do is Dariush Makachev, the winner of that fight, Oliveira next, but we shall see. What happens I next agree. for Gaethje, do you think? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, yeah, you just got a feel for him, really, because I'm just trying to think what fights are are out there for him. Well, uh, I mean, there's not... I mean, do you take a step back? Do you go, you, you know, take a step back, recover, all that stuff? Let's, let's, let's remember, the, the Chandler fight wasn't that long ago, and as much as he yeah. won that fight, he took a battering in that fight. Yeah. And then he's been knocked down twice against Oliveira, who's not the biggest puncher in the world. And you start yeah. to connect the dots and go... Did that Chandler fight actually really damage your chin and now you're getting dropped by someone like Oliveira? Like, maybe, maybe not, but it's definitely something to think about. Um, do you do Gaethje versus, like, an RDA or a That's Gillespie? That's the only other fight. Yeah. The Chandler fight's happened. You know, the Ferguson fight's happened. I mean, we'll get on to him we, anyway. we would all We would all watch the Chandler fight again, though, right? Yeah, 100%. But, but uh, it's probably too soon. Ch- yeah, Ch- Chandler isn't going to be in no rush for that fight. Chandler is. Right. Chandler would do that. I think he'd do it. Well, he wants Gaethje again. Well, if Gaethje won, he would. If Gaethje was champion, he'd do Oh, yeah, 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 but yeah. I, 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 think, I think Chandler would take that fight. I, I think Chandler mm. would want to get that back. And I think Chandler would take that fight. But, I mean, the other thing is, we keep mentioning his name, and I'm sorry, I don't think we do this that regularly, to be fair, but... He was very active on the night on social media. Connor oh, was slagging off Gaethje. He slagged off everyone. Ferguson. And then when Chandler came out and was calling him out, he was talking about potentially fighting Chandler as well, a bit more respectfully. But with Gaethje, mm. he went, like, attacked him a bit. With, with Ferguson, yeah. he was putting up that those horrible screen grabs of, like, the slow motion yeah. impact of the face. We'll get onto that. Um, so any of those fights have got legs and also i remember john kavanagh ages and ages ago like a year ago maybe more saying that for connor's return fight or whatever um maybe before he was fighting if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers with juvederm volbella xc and juvederm ultra xc your lip look whether it's subtle or bold can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at juvederm.com today that's j-u-v-e-d-e-r-m.com add fullness to lips and adults over 21 with juvederm volbella xc or juvederm ultra xc do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Emporio, in fact, he's like, he's really interested in the Gaethje fight. They really like that Gaethje fight. I don't think that's a good fight for Connor. I think he's get his legs absolutely battered. But, um, but, but I mean, Gaethje coming off a loss is actually... Potentially a really great fight for Connor and a, a really exciting fight, and I think there'd be a lot of good build-up to that fight as well. But yeah, I mean, Gaethje he could go backwards, fight an RDA, fight a Gillespie, just try and get a few wins on his uh, back again, and uh, and make another run at the belt or something like that. Or he could go for the money fight with Connor and see see if Connor's into it. I don't, I I don't think Connor, I don't think anyone would look at that matchup favorably for Connor. But maybe if if Gaethje's chin is problematic now after the Chandler and the Oliveira fight and he doesn't have a long time to, to get it rested up before fighting someone like mm. Connor. Maybe that could cause issues. Um, How many losses has Connor had recently? So uh, come off two, of the, isn't it? The, Is it the just the Poirier? Poirier and Poirier. And before that, a win over Cerrone. Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah. yeah. And before that, it was and like so, Khabib. So, yeah. Yeah. But then, then two losses to what, the number two guy? Uh means that he can just come back and fight someone like Justin Gaethje. The, st- the star power obviously speaks volumes over everything else. It just annoys me. I just think there's so many fighters that are there on merit, on, you know, on, on they've earned it. But he, and... he is, and he is on merit a bit. Like, it's a difficult one. Like, he's the first ever double champ. What he did in that rise before the Floyd Mayweather fight 100%. Was... Unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Um, uh, really was. Long and, time ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. But who's he who's he lost to? He's lost to Nate. No, I mean but he avenged that loss. You so I, I would like to see him do the trilogy with Nate and what but yeah. he he avenged that loss, he got that one back. At, let's remember he went from one forty five to one seventy. Mm-hmm. He didn't even get a fight at one fifty five. In the in, like before that, yeah. he just went one forty five to one seventy and fought there twice. Yeah. Um, and then he's lost to Khabib after taking such a long time off and only doing a bit of boxing. Um, 
Then he fights Cowboy. He always should have won that fight. And he did. In Again, first round, emphatic fashion. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to do a season of at least three fights that year. And because of the pandemic, the UFC weren't booking him. Not his fault. Mm-hmm. He wanted to fight. The UFC had him on the shelf because I don't think it was something to do with maybe the ESPN deal or something like that. They didn't want him fighting in empty arenas because they would lose out on loads and loads of money. That's not his fault. So he's getting put on the sidelines again after coming back and winning. And then he goes into a fight with who, at the time, people thought was the number one lightweight in the world post-Khabib retiring. We found out that wasn't the case. But Poirier was marked as the number one lightweight in the world after Khabib retired. He went in and he lost to him twice. Like, you could look at, like, a Masvidal or a, a Tony Ferguson and say, well, it's not much different. Like, Connor's ranked, what, sixth, seventh? I don't know where Connor's ranked at the moment, but he's in the top 10. But I think he's the lower half of the top 10, maybe. Um, and, you know, the likes of Masvidal, who's lost to big names, and the likes of Tony Ferguson, who's on now a four-fight losing streak, isn't it? But after only losing to, like, the top, top guys, like, they're, they're in similar positions. So I don't think Connor should be allowed to come back and fight for a belt, obviously. But he could come back and fight Gaethje off a loss. I don't know if there's anything wrong with he's, that. He's ranked 10th. He's ranked 10th. That's lower yeah. than I thought he would be. Be- again, because of the way the UFC operates. But I, I don't... F- I-, I can see financially why the UFC would book him in a title fight. Oh, he, sh- he shouldn't be in a title fight. But I think there's big fights there for him, either against a Ferguson, a Gaethje, a Chandler. Yep. Any of those ones do work. But look, we're wasting a lot of time talking about Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that barn burner. That, ab- <laughs> that instant classic that is... Rose number Yunus Carla Esparza two. Woohoo! I don't feel like I've come back down from the high of that madness. Oh my god! What is it, is was it the, that? Is it the worst fight of all time? Or I, I mean, I didn't UFC think he was going to get worse. Well, uh, I think um, uh, the Beast versus Francis was pretty bad, wasn't it? That was only three rounds you had to sit through, though. Yeah. <laughs> Like it, it was so weird, Blake. I was, I just, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was, it was just fucking awful. And like the first round, I was thinking, right, look, fair enough. They're 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 they're, they're finding each other's sort of range, and they're just sanding each other out a little bit here. Um, but then after about sort of three minutes, I was thinking. Someone's got to do something. And like, absolutely fuck all. And then, (laughs) (laughs) and then, second round, like, it just kept going. And I was like, I I just, and there was obviously a couple of takedowns from Esparza, which she didn't necessarily control them once she got them down. Rose was straight back up. But Rose got straight back up and was was back on her bike again, and 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 wasn't trading, wasn't. I, I just couldn't understand what was going on. I think Carla said post fight, you know, it's hard to fight someone that doesn't want to fight you, um, and 
I, I, the main thing I want to talk about here is is Pat Barry and Whitman because I just couldn't understand why when it was maybe after round three they weren't just thinking look I know you're the champ and you've got to take it from the champ to get that belt in a very very in a fight where nothing's happening but you don't right that's not true, is it? Is that that whole well, thing? Of, well, the, the, you got to take it from the champ. You you got to beat the champ. No, two fighters go into the octagon for five minutes. They're scored, and there's a winner. And then the next round, for five minutes, they're scored. There's a winner. There's none of this. You got to take it from the champion. That's not in the criteria. It's not in the rules. It's a it's but, a thing that people say that actually isn't true. But but no one was doing anything, so it's kind of irrelevant anyway. Um, but I don't know why. Pat Barry saying, hear them booze? That means we're doing it right. Like, well, no, you're not doing it right. Like, she's been plonked on her back twice. Yes, she got straight back up. But she's not done anything else back strike-wise that... I mean, I, I wouldn't know how to score that anyway. Yes, Rose threw a few shots and... And, and it was... Can I run you through my notes of scoring? Because I just I watch around and then I try and do a little note. Unless you want to finish what your point, and then I'll do it. I, I just don't understand why Pat Barry wasn't saying you need to you need to be a bit more active here. Like we, we, this is too close. This is too close in the eyes of the judges. Like don't worry about a booze, but just do what you do. You you know you are the champ. Like, you need to do something a bit more. Don't leave this in the hands of the judges uh, when it's a fight like this. You need to be showing a little bit more. or But just saying, just keep doing what you're doing. Like, you know, the booze are showing. It made no sense. Like, were they not watching the same fight as everyone else? It was like, it was going to be so tough. I mean, I thought Esparza won it. Like, I, I, I thought them takedowns um, and a bit more forward pressure probably meant that she was going to get. But, but, but talk me through your scoring anyway, because well, I'm, I'm well, curious. Interesting because listening to Rose's post-fight interview, and look, mm. I don't know enough about the scoring. I would advise everyone to go and watch, uh, I keep bringing him up on our podcast now, I'm just doing his, publicising his podcast, but Sean Sheehan, friend of the show, really lovely bloke, does these great scoring things. He's got it on his Twitter. Go and watch that to get an idea of what the judging criteria actually is. And listening to Rose Namajunas in the post-fight interview, I was shocked. Because all it looked like to me is, oh, you're one of the biggest stars in the sport at the moment. You are a two-time champion. And you don't know how fights are scored. Because she thought she, was, she should have been scored on a defence. She thought she should have been scored. She was like, what, do I not get any points for my defensive uh, work in the grappling? It's like... No, no, you don't. Like, it's written down that you don't get scored positively for your defensive capabilities, either in striking or in grappling. It's all down to damage. Everything you do is down to damage. And if the the damage is equal, which, let's be honest, when is it ever really equal? It's very rare. But when the damage is equal, then it goes to, okay, effective grappling. But that also sort of involves damage, to my knowledge. It's not like you can't just take someone down and say, I've won the round. Like Commentators, even at the end of the fifth round, were going, oh, Ro- Ro- I think they said like Ro- Rose as, as now. She's, she's done that because she got the takedown. I don't know if it was DC or Rogan. I can't remember. No, she hasn't. 
because you don't score takedowns. A takedown is just a change of position. If you're standing and then one of, one of you gets taken down, you've not lost points, you've not won points. The fight's now just happening on the floor. Your takedown, the effort you've put into that takedown, is meaningless unless you do damage when in that position on the floor. So it blows my mind that I, as a fan of the sport, that only really since doing this podcast have really tried to make effort to understand things more than just the average fan, seem to know more about how a fight is scored than a two-time champion. That blows my mind. Not just that. Pat Barry and Trevor Whitman in your corner. Why are they not? Why are they not kind of telling her the right thing? It's so weird. It's tricky because Pat Barry's obviously her fiancé. So there's that kind of emotional attachment there. Trevor Whitman is the coach. Trevor Whitman, before the fifth round, was saying something like, okay, we've got to open up a bit more now. Show her who you are, all those kind of things. Yeah. And now, if you've been following Rose's career, I think it's okay to kind of hypothesize or even think that she, she is a very emotional person. She doesn't, yeah. she won't necessarily respond well to someone saying, What the fuck are you doing? Get in there, do this, X, Y, Z, blah, blah. They need, she needs a calm approach and someone to just tell her in the right manner um, that works for her. And that's what I think Trevor Whitman was doing before the fifth round. And I think the fifth round was the clearest round to score. Rose won the fifth round all day long. Not because of the takedown at the end, but Mm. because of the strikes landed during the round. Which again, not massively active. Wasn't a lot going on. But she did, I think, that was the clearest round to score. In terms of um, the rest of the fight, I've got things like, I think Rose won round one because of literally a double jab to the face. That, that was literally all there was. That was it. That, that, but that wins the round. That's the most damage. She won that round, as far as I'm concerned. Round two, I think the most impactful strike was a left hook from Carla Esparza on like a break or something like that. that great. So one one. Round three, and this is where things go wrong, I've got distracted by my son. I am so bored. So <laughs> that's, that's what I've got written down. <laughs> My son was running around doing something. What I should have done is gone back and watched the third round again to work out who won. It was much the same as the other four. But there's no fucking way I'm doing that. I will never do that. I will never, ever know which way this fight truly went in my own head because my son distracted me and I'll be damned if I'm going to watch that third round again. So at that point, I don't know. Round four is a tricky one. Because round four, I think Rose landed a right hand. But I've got, is that enough? Because Carla, she got a big impact on like, she, she took her back, kind of suplexed her sort of to, to the ground or belly to back to whatever it was to the ground. And I felt like Carla was comfortably winning the fight up until Rose landed this right hand. But Carla wasn't really massively affected. So I don't really know exactly how to judge round four. So that could have been... With round five being a very clear win for Rose, I think, I could be 2-2 and it's down to round three, or I think Rose should have won the fight. So it's up in the air. I'll I'll never know. And quite frankly, because of how that fight went, I don't massively care. I'm not going to call robbery or or moan about it. I'm going to go, neither of you really 
it sounds harsh, doesn't it? But uh, no, really, no, it really doesn't deserve to be called the champ after that. We, we we have, and I'm not after bloodlust. I'm not like I'm not no. saying no. Well, Rose spoke about that post fight as well. You, took, you you mentioned damage, and she was just like, you know, she, she referenced like you know wanting to see me kind of get my face smashed up and that, like fuck that. And it's like, well, you're the champ, you know, you 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 know, and you're a mixed martial artist, and you're getting in the biggest octagon, you know, uh, the, the 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 biggest platform to to fight, you know, and that. Unfortunately, that will be involved in it sometimes taking damage. And unfortunately, if you're going to just dance around the, the octagon for five rounds and not engage, then uh, you're going to lose fans. And and we have been nothing but huge Thug Rose fans on this podcast. You know, from, from day dot, like, loved Thug Rose and... And and again, I've got nothing but respect and and, and love for Carla Esparza as well. But oh my god, it was just shocking. And and I just also thought when in all future highlight reels for Carla Esparza, when that belt's being put round your waist for the second time, you're never going to look back on that moment with euphoria and joy and and oh my god i can't believe I, you know I, I i pushed hard and i got that and i've just got it was like you've won the belt in arguably the most boring fight in the history of the ufc and i don't know that i would care <laughs> like, <laughs> and i don't think she would i think i'd be like oh, i saw it. your face with a belt around your waist at the weekend i know yeah you look like all your christmases had come at once um but i uh <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 like that is the thing. I think Rose has enough uh, credit in the bank for us to go. Oh, that was a a one off. It was like one of the worst fights I've ever seen. But it's Rose Namajunas. Look at what she did to Zhang. Look at the second fight with Zhang and how back and forth that was. Look at the second fight with Joanna. Look at Asha when she knocked out Joanna. Yeah. Look at her fights with Andrade. Like she's got enough credit in the bank for us to go. This is a, a random, weird fight. Don't know what was going on there. But we know that's not necessarily how it's going to go. Carla doesn't really have that much credit in the bank. I don't think anyone is clambering to see Carla fight anyone next. And that sounds horrible, but I think no, that's, I that's agree. just it. I mean, there's got to be no rematch. There's no way a well, rematch this is happens. the thing. Like, Dana's it, it, never making a rematch. Like and and that's what I think makes this quite interesting because I think had that have been a, a you know a, a, a five round exciting fight and 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 Carla you know edged it then there, there'd be a a rematch you know and I think you know the trilogy would been you know really exciting that display nobody's ever going to want to watch that fight ever again however different it may be in a rematch no one's excited to watch that fight. Um, if I was uh, if I was Yang or if I was uh, Joanna, I'd be looking at Carla Esparza and thinking I'm all over that, like because you know if the winner of that puts on a dominant performance, surely that's gonna. I mean, we also see um, uh, Andrade has been pretty vocal uh, as well. I oh, think. What she's, did she say? I haven't seen that. Uh, I think she was referencing just how boring that fight was, and, and if you want to see some some real action then then get me in there um yeah i mean that display 
I mean, and, and Carla Esparza's displaying that fight. That is not sending fear through that division. That is making all of them fighters in that top ten just thinking, <laughs> "Mate, I'm all over that." Because the, the one thing as well was Rose was defending the takedowns, seemed pretty easily. Yeah, straight back up. I, I, I just, I, I know I'm slightly backtracking here, but what you're saying about Whitman and, and Pat Barry is, I kind of feel like I'd have gone round three, or definitely round four, but round three, I think you go. She can't keep you down. You're too Don't good. fear You're the takedown. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't fear it too much. You know, yeah. be, be sensible, but open up a lot more because your striking is far superior to her striking and her wrestling so far has not been able to keep you down. You're, you're trained too well. Be a bit looser. Open up a bit more. Don't fear it as much. And I think we could have seen Rose run away with it towards the end of the fight. But yeah, crazy, craziness. How, well, how do you think it all plays out now? Like in terms of how do the fights lay out? I've got a rough idea of what I think, and I know we spoke about this on our straw weight special a bit. But how? how Go do you, on. So I, I think, well, I I, I I think the winner of 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 of, of Zhang Yuan is going to get Esparza. I think so too. I don't I don't think Marina and Andrade are big enough names. Maybe Andrade is, but big enough names necessarily. I think you. With Esparza, particularly after that fight, the way to get yep. people interested is you've got to have a, a, a star to, to go opposite yep. her. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, thank you. And uh, the um, the biggest stars <laughs> are Joanna and Zhang. And if they put on anywhere near the fight that they did the first time around, even though this one's only three rounds, you know that person that person gets it now. That I, I bet mm. both of them are so happy that Rose lost because now mm. both of them have got two losses to Rose. There's no way that fight's getting remade. Now yeah. they are the front runners, and I think you do it: Esparza versus the winner of Zhang Wei Li Yuanajacek. Marina Rodriguez fights the loser of Yuanajacek Zhang Wei Li. Yeah, and Rose Namajunas. Does the trilogy fight with Jessica Andrade? That's what I'd do like you, to see. Do you think Joanna's going to want to fight Marina? Why do you think Joanna's going to lose to Zhang? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Well, it depends how much she wants to fight. Mm. If she sees this as her final title run, if she loses to Zhang and then goes, "I'm not going to get to the belt unless I beat two other really good fighters," in yeah, this one thing she might just retire. But yeah. if she if she really wants to get to the belt again and she thinks I've got maybe like two years left of fighting in me or something like that and I've just got to go for it and try and get back to that belt, mm. then yeah, if she loses to Zhang, she has to take a fight with a Marina or a Mackenzie Dern or someone like that. So that's that's what um, I think the best thing to do is. Um, 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 what did you say Rose was going to do? Andrage Trilogy. Right. Which yeah. I think makes all the sense well because there's no way yeah. Rose is going to be in a boring fight against Andrage. And I think it's really yeah. interesting because... And I'd love to see it for five rounds because when you look at that second fight, it looked all Andrade in that third round. And I think if that was a five-round fight, we could be looking at Andrade being 2 nil up against Rose and instead it's 1-1. So I think yeah. that's the fight to do. I think that'd be really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, right, let's get back on to uh, a fight that was uh, anything but boring. It was unreal. Absolutely unreal. Um, we're, we're talking 
obviously uh, about Chandler uh, versus Tony Ferguson. Um, oh, I, uh, do you know what? Right, I was so excited for this fight, um, and I didn't know what Tony was going to turn up because you know it, it, it's been a weird old ride for, for, for Tony over the you know the, the last few years. Before we even get to uh, to, to, to the second round. Um, Tony Ferguson looked fucking incredible, I thought. Was I thought we saw vintage Tony in that first round looking really good. Like, sharp, awkward. Um, yeah, and, and, and I thought, we're in for a really exciting fight here, and I think Chandler's got his work cut out. And I, if you would have made me call it, you know, a couple of minutes into that first round, I would have just thought, oh, he's going to give Michael Chandler some serious, serious problems here. Um but yeah, I mean, but how did you see the first round? Uh, uh, see, this is. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. We, we still slightly maybe disagree on this, but I thought before the fight, it was all about what Michael Chandler turned up. Oh, you said, didn't you? In the and fight, yeah. I think the Michael Chandler that wanted to be an entertainer turned up. And that's why he got clipped early. And that's mm-hmm. where problems arose. And it was only with about like 90 seconds or two minutes, or whatever it was to go in that first round that Chandler realized, I can't be the entertainer against this guy. I have to go back to my wrestling. And that's what he went to. And that's, I literally was on the, I think I was on the sofa watching it by myself. And as soon as he got the takedown, I think I literally went, I told you. <laughs> to no one, to no one there. I told yeah. you. There's probably what I opened the kitchen up. door. I told him. I did no, tell him. I've been telling him. He's not listening well, to well, me. Well, well, well done, Blake. Yeah. Can you keep uh, your voice down, please? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, that, but even from the bottom, Tony was using his elbows. You know, I think he yeah. was. He was defending he, the ground and pound really well. He looked comfortable well. on the... I think he definitely. looked great. I think mm. that first round was a clear win for Tony. I thought Tony looked mm-hmm. great. And I... I yeah. I, I was ex- really looking forward to this second round and how this fight was going to play out. Because I thought we were going to get a back and forth war that maybe even Tony could win. His hands looked crisp. As I say, elbows from, from his back. I, I didn't know if we were going to see Chandler just go for the wrestling, all that kind of stuff. But, oh my God, the last thing... The last thing I was expecting to happen was for Chandler to throw a front kick to the face that just shut the lights off for quite a scary amount of time. The lights off for Tony Ferguson as well. Oh, I, it's, I mean, what a perfect kick. What a perfect... I mean, it's going to be up there as a knockout of the year. I mean, for me, I was like, 
Molly McCann's spinning elbow against uh, Carolina. Um, how, this, how many this times have we seen China that? Now. Uh, the, 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 the silver uh, front kick against Vitor. Yeah. And like it was better than that. It, it, it does feel slightly better than that because of the way Tony fell, which was so dramatic. Um, but also because silver, you sort of don't necessarily expect that. It's quite incredible. But that you really don't expect it from mm. Chandler. That's the last thing you're expecting from Chandler is that. And also it's the size difference. Like Anderson's tall and slim. He's got long limbs. Front kicks out the middle. You kind of, it's like with Chito Vera, we've seen it. Like mm. that kind of plays into that body type. Whereas someone as stocky and short for the weight classes and muscular as Chandler, you don't see that as often. And against a guy that's taller and yeah, I just it it really was, really was uh, special. And then uh, this lovely moment where his his son was asking him if he was okay. As <laughs> did you see that? Like he's like, "You okay, Dad? You okay?" And it was like, "You yeah. want to worry about that guy that's been laying yeah, down for she... ten minutes?" Because I think there, you know, I was a little bit worried. And when when you heard Annick say like, "Oh, he's up on the stall," it was like, "Thank God for that," because it did yeah. not look good, did it? It, it was that was a. Uh, I think Dana said the most brutal knockout he's ever seen in UFC history. Uh, I, I wonder if he yeah. would say that, though, because Tony did liken him and the UFC to being drug dealers in the media week. So, And obviously Chandler's got Dana privilege. And uh, uh, Yeah, Chandler's got the Dana White <laughs> privilege. And he's his boss's favourite fighter. Um, yeah, what's... I mean, that, is, that was just incredible. Utterly incredible. What's next for Tony, though? Like, that's four losses on the bounce. But in this fight, he won a round. Like, he lost pretty much every round to Gaethje, to Dariush, and to Oliveira. But when you list those names, they're the top, 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 top guys. I don't think Chandler's necessarily on par with... But then, actually, the way that fight went with Gaethje, and particularly with Oliveira, you could say he is sort of up there with those guys. Tony Ferguson, Conor McGregor. Like that that's the fight I think like Conor doesn't get the title shot. No chance. Like no way, no way. Not when you've got, you know, your Makachevs and your Dariushis that are on tears, like just doesn't deserve it. Uh come back, fight another, you know, seasoned name. You know, a big name, Tony Ferguson. You know, it's coming off some losses, Conor's coming off some losses. That's a good fight. You know, I think Conor would look at that and think yeah, could be could be fun. Tony looked great in that first round. Um, you know, Connor used to throw incredible kicks. You know, you, you see a lot, lot less of that post um, post boxing. Connor, you know, you see a very different fighter. But uh, that's the fight I think for Tony Ferguson. Um, I don't think there's anything else. I don't. I don't see him. Um, is he going to end up becoming a? You know, as we, we've quoted a Neil Magny, you know, a gateway fighter that. I don't know if Tony Ferguson's about that. I don't think he's just going to want to continue fighting just to be that guy that the new kids on the block test themselves to see if they get into the top 10 by beating Tony Ferguson. I don't see him being that guy. I don't think he's in his mindset to be that guy. Um, I think, for me, I think the Conor McGregor fight's the only thing that would interest me to see Tony fight again. Um that was a fucking horrific knockout. So that's going to take its toll. Well, you know, do, as, do you think there's, because some people are saying maybe it's time for Tony to hang the gloves up. Do, what do you think? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've got no no issue with that at all. Like, um, I, when, when you see fighters hit the canvas like that, uh, and, and as you say, that's, that's four on the bounce now. It's like, you know, he's got nothing left to prove. You know, he was one of the greatest, you know, pound for pounders for a, a long time. He was an incredible fighter. Um, and as a, you know, to keep repeating myself, he looked incredible at the weekend, uh, but just got caught and got caught in spectacular fashion that, Unfortunately, he's going to take a while to recover from that. You want and... you want him to fight Nick Diaz, though, don't you? You you no. love the idea of Nick Diaz coming back and playing. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, yeah, I, 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 who, who would you like to see him, or, or do you want to see him I, I just think kind that of? I Conor uh, fights a good shout. I, I think. Yeah. I don't think Dana White and the UFC are going to want to give you a big payday because of your media week. I I mm. really wonder if that's going to hurt him because I think the Conor fight makes so much sense. Both on losing. The media streets. lead up to that would be great. But he'd be a great foil for Connor. They'd sell loads of pay per views based on the the, the build up. Um, I know they're both coming off losses, and to really build up fights, you want to see people doing well and all that stuff. And that yeah. And people might be, oh, it's just two journeymen or two men at the end of their career. I I don't care. I think it'd do really good money, and I think the build up would be great. I'd love to see it. I think stylistically, it's a great fight for Connor as well. I think the Chandler fight is a terrible fight for Connor because, again, I think Chandler actually hits really hard and is wrestling. If if he mm. wants to go to his wrestling, that will cause Connor all sorts of problems. So I don't like the Chandler fight mm. for Connor, but uh, I think the Tony fight makes an awful lot of sense. But I don't think he's done himself a really great service because I think the UFC to- uh, Tony. Because I think the UFC will go, hang on a minute, a few days ago you were saying that we're all drug dealers and we're not giving you this and we're not giving you that. So we're definitely not going to give you a, a million, two million pound payday against mm. Connor. We're not going to do it, mate. Um, so, And I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if the UFC, because Nate Diaz has got only one fight left on his contract, I wouldn't be surprised if they also go, we either want this guy to build the star of Hamzat Shemaev that we know, and also we know he's going to get smashed and we want to see Nate go out looking bad. So he's left the UFC looking bad. But the, the other option is give Nate the Connor fight so that the Connor fight happens within the UFC. Because I, I, I might be wrong, but I think Connor's only got two or three fights left on his UFC contract. So if he were to come back healthy, win or lose in his next fights but but get three fights in over the next 18 months to two years nate can sit and wait and when connor finishes his ufc contract him and nate could put on a trilogy fight wherever in the world make it a boxing match do whatever they want to do with it and earn an absolute fortune because they're limited to what they could earn within the ufc and if they promote it themselves, McGregor Sports and, I don't know, Diaz Brothers, Diaz Army Productions or whatever it is they would do, they would earn an unbelievable amount of money. Um, so that might be the smart I, thing to do if, you, if you're Nate and Connor is wait till you're out of your contracts. I don't know. Am I right in saying, oh, obviously, Canelo had a loss at the weekend. And am I now seeing that... Usman saying he wants to fight Canelo Alvarez. He's been saying that like, for weeks. It's been going on for what, weeks. Just, just stop. Yeah. I just, I just really am bored of all of this. It's like they're different sports. Just completely, just leave it alone. Like, do the best you can in your, in your, you know, you're the champ. Do what you got to do. When you leave the UFC, then go and do 
all this craziness, you know, and, and, and sign off with some big paydays there. Like, did you see the, the awkwardness between Oliveira and Usman? Um, no, as, as he was, so he, um, did you see the little clip where, uh, did he fist bump him or, or, or something? Yeah, no, Usman looked very uninterested in engaging well, yeah, in any Usman's, way, shape or form. But Usman's part of Gaethje and Rose's team, isn't he? Yeah. So he probably yeah, is course, being yeah. respectful, but he's also backing his boy. So it's kind of like, you know, I'm not yeah. going to I'm not going to be overly nice to you. I'm just, you know, you're you're the enemy you're the enemy of my mate type thing, you know. So yeah, I I, I think right. it's probably just that, really. Um mm. um what's next for Chandler? He was calling question, out Connor as well. Do you like the idea of Chandler Connor? Uh, I mean, He's chatting about Connor so work. much. I'm sorry, listeners that are like, but uh, but because he he, he's, he's, he does what he else does. Was calling him know? out though. Oliveira called him out. Uh, uh, Tony and Gaethje were, you know, Connor was having a go at them on Twitter, and Chandler called out Connor. So if the fighters keep bringing him up, then you've got to talk about him, haven't you? It, it, you've got to talk about him because, like you say, he's all over Twitter. You know, calling them all out, and I just—I—I I, I think it's a good payday for Chandler, and I think it's a quite an easy fight for Chandler. Um, as you say, he's—he's—he's he's, he's got heavy hands, uh, and and his wrestling's way superior to to to, to Connor's. Um, yeah. Uh, aside from that, I don't. Obviously, I don't see him getting that. I mean, I don't know. Uh... What what I'd like to see for Chandler, because I'm not a big fan of the Connor fight. I'd rather see Connor fight Nate or Tony, if I'm honest. But um, yeah, what I'd like to see for Chandler is to fight Poirier. I think that'd be a great fight. I think there's a little bit of beef yeah. there as well. But I don't know if Poirier is going to take that fight. I think Poirier is used to getting the big money fights now after two with Connor. I think Poirier solely wants big fights. That's why he wants the Nate Diaz fight and stuff like that. I don't think he's... And I don't know how interested he is in making another run at the 55 bell. I don't know. So I I don't think Poirier would be overly excited about a fight with Michael Chandler. But I think Um, for Chandler, that that would be great because if he beat Poirier, I think he could get a title shot next. Well... Just, I mean, they've not sort of updated the the rankings yet. Uh, it'll be interesting to see because Chandler was was ranked fifth. Uh, so I'd be interesting to see. I don't think he'll see. move necessarily, would he? He's not going to move above know. Dariush Makachev. I don't think he'll move above Gaethje or or maybe even Poirier either. So, so Chandler Makachev, that interests you? No, because I think it's got to be it's either got to be Makachev, Dariush, or Makachev for the belt. I, it's yeah. got to be so. So no, I mean down the line would it interest me? Sure, but but not not next. It's it's got to be Makachev, Dariush, or the UFC will just do, uh, a, um, a, you know, a, a fight between Oliveira and, and Makachev because they that lines up with whatever they've got going on. Um, it's interesting to see where Poirier fits in all of this. Yeah, as I say, I think normally Chandler Poirier would make all the sense in the world. Chandler's mm-hmm. coming off a win; he's super exciting. Poirier is a big name, but I just don't think Poirier will look at that fight with any real excitement. So, yeah. I mean, I I think Chandler's stock's through the roof at the moment. I think like that is going to make him a bigger star than he you know he already was. Uh, and and I think I don't know. I think Poirier Chandler could could be a huge fight. 
Do you not think like Poirier's going to have the interest in that? No, I think Poirier. You think about what he must have earned for the Connor fights, particularly the second, yeah. the, well, the third technically Connor fight. Um, he's looking at Nate Diaz, which will obviously be less, but not that like, but it's still huge yeah. money. He'd be looking at Nate Diaz, or he'd be looking at going up to one seventy and trying something crazy up there, maybe because he's probably only one fight. If he got one win at one seventy, he could probably fight for the belt. Um, because he's such a huge name. Um, I don't know. I mean, the Colby fight's been mentioned, but I I don't know that the Colby fight's a good one for him. And uh, I I don't know. Poirier's in a tricky spot, depending on what he wants to do. If he goes down the Jose Aldo or Robert Whittaker route, I think you just keep fighting and you keep winning, and you'll get back to a title shot. And Chandler makes all the sense in the world. But if you're thinking I only want big money fights. Then, yeah. then you're looking at Connor again, Nate Diaz. After that, maybe it's Colby Covington, or maybe you wait for Makachev to get the belt, uh, do something there and try and get your way into a title shot. You know, wait for Connor to come back, fight him again, and then just go after Makachev if Makachev wins the belt or Darius wins the belt or something like that. I don't know. It's not. Yeah, it's not clear. It's a tricky one because I think that makes all the sense in the world for Chandler. Um, moving on to the rest of the card, there's, I don't really want to talk about a lot of this. I think we can just rattle through it. Yeah, Shogun Hua, just... Shogun Hua OSP, OSP won that. Not the most exciting fight in the world. A bit dull. I think Shogun Hua's got one more fight left on his UFC contract and then he's retiring. So let's see what happens there. Chaos Williams, Randy Brown, I thought was quite a fun fight. Randy Brown got back, I think, by a split decision. Uh, particularly round three was a really, really yeah. good round. That was a really, really fun fight. Uh, a couple of knockdowns in there. That was really good. Um, feel sorry for Danny Roberts. Darry Roberts faced Trinaldo. Trinaldo has a habit yeah. of beating British people. He, he's, yeah. he's like, I think he's fought three Brits and won all three. And this is up in weight in, at 170. Uh, yeah, Danny got hit by a big shot in round two and was on really wobbly legs. And then in the third, I mean, he showed a lot of heart to get out of that second round, yeah, to be absolutely. honest. Really, so props to Danny Roberts for that, but it just didn't quite work out. Chase on Dumont. I mean, nothing to really say. And by all means, jump in if you've got anything to say about any of these fights. No, uh, I was literally chatting uh, to, 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 to Pip yesterday about some of these fights and... Yeah, I think some of it. Just, I mean, the the, the next fight, Chanel and uh, Royval, I thought was was a decent fight. That was I, a I, great I fight. That was that, yeah, I think that got fight of the night as well. Yes, it did. I mean, I, it was a great yeah. one round chaotic fight. Um, Matt Chanel sadly lost his mum during fight camp, and he came out fighting very emotionally. Put it on Royval really quickly. I think landed a, a, a knockdown, uh, and then. Um, Kind of got into a, a, I think he tried a dash choke in a kind of scramble after the knockdown. But Roy Val is so good on the ground, and Roy Val was able to yeah. kind of get out of that and then quickly lock up a guillotine of his own. Yeah, and that's when it, it was uh, it was the end of the night for for Schnell. But I mean, it was a really exciting, less than one round fight. Um, Roy Val looking really good, calling for a title shot. I don't think so. I think. Dana White was asked a question actually really interesting about the Moreno-Figueredo 
tetralogy um, and whether that would happen. And uh, Dana said no. Dana doesn't think oh. that's going to happen next, which makes me think the next fight is going to be Figueredo Kaikara France. So yeah. maybe Roy Val rematch. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at it. No, I'm not mad at it. Um, I think that's okay. I don't mind having a break between those fights. Although I, I, I would like to see that fight happen eventually. I think Moreno deserves to fight for the belt again very, very soon. Um, but if Moreno fights a Pantoja or whatever, that, there, there's a few guys at flyweight that, that are kind of are up there. You have got Figueredo, Moreno, uh, Kaikara France doing very, very well. Brandon Royval doing well, and then Pantoja who has, I think, two wins over Moreno as well, and maybe a win over Roy Val as well, actually. Um, so there's, there's, there's a few good guys down in that division doing well. So, yeah, and then... Um, Blagoj Ivanov versus Delima. Oh, yeah, it's another oh. just... So it was a weird night of fights, because there was the, the main event and the Michael Chandler-Tony Ferguson fight and the Matt Schnell-Roy Val fight. They're absolutely incredible fights. Like, really, really fun, incredible fights. And then in and around them were some lackluster fights. And obviously, what will go down as in history, probably, as at the very least, the worst title fight in the UFC. Definitely. But possibly the worst fight in UFC history. Which is, it is a shame because I, I actually, I do really like Carla Esparza. She's not the most exciting fighter, but she's still a good fighter. And she's good fun. And she's like a really lovely person. And Rose is a proper superstar. And Rose, we've been saying for ages, is, you know, you just have to go through her fights. She, she's got highlights. She's in, in incredible wars. She's brilliant. So I'm sure this is just a little blip. But um, a real shame that that fight went down the way it did. Yeah, absolutely. Right, we'll be back next time. Um, we've, uh, we've had a huge card announced, which uh, I think at a time not run away of us today, um, we would have gone into that a little bit. So we'll pick up on that uh, on the next show. Um, if this was your first time listening, uh, go check out the back catalogue because uh, I think we're close to 100 episodes now. And, uh, and there's some great chats with so many of your favourite UFC fighters and, and Bellator fighters and UFC fighters. Um, and not just fighters, there's lots of chats with like referees, with, with um, you know, your media types like, uh, who have we had on? Your, uh, your boy that you were with at the weekend, John Gooden. John Gooden, Sean Sheehan, Nick Pete. Uh, they're all there. Also like K- uh, the president, Mr. President of Cage Warriors, uh, Graham Boylan. Um, Mr. President. Mr. President. Um, so, yeah, we've had, there's, there's, there's plenty to look at there. And again, the first time we have these guests on, we have these really brilliant in-depth chats with everyone. You can really get to know a little bit more about whether it's Alexander Volkanovsky, uh, uh, Michael Bisping, Liam Harrison, Dan Hardy. And we really kind of go into their careers and their thoughts and feelings on the, on the world of MMA in general. You mentioned the referee there, Mark Goddard chat as well. Really, really cracking. And then you've got your Paddy Pimlets, Molly McCann, Ian Gary's and people like that. So uh, yeah, and and the champ Volk. Uh, we, we, we won't go into it, um, but obviously it's, it's been announced that he's fighting Max. Um, oh, I'm all over that. Um, so we have a great chat with uh, with Volk. So go make sure you give that one a spin. Uh, give us a follow. We're on um, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and we we kind of keep you up to speed with what, all the different um, bits and bobs that we've been uh, we've been up to as well as you know we try and keep some of the the, the big news stories uh, in our stories as well so uh, yeah give us a follow on there um, there were some uh, questions thrown to us uh, on on the socials and we didn't get around to doing them but 
ultimately, most of them were, were, were talking about how incredible that front kick was and how dull uh, the uh, the co-main was. So uh, hopefully, we uh, we answered all of your your questions uh, within our natters about that. Harrison, we're back next time, right? We're back next time. See you later, guys.